take the proverbial path of least resistance. That would be my advice on this segment of Talking Some Art and Other Stories. Guy Massey, your host here. Um, it's a kind of kind of a grayish day. Um, and as far as taking the path of least resistance, I am just literally taking the path of least resistance, my folks, my friends. Um, and that is uh, basically in a supine position. Uh, well, actually, I'm lying down. I'm lying down is what I'm doing on my Studebaker. It's in the studio. Uh, I love it. It's, it's the most comfortable couch I've ever had. Um, it, it graces the, um, the northwest wall of, of uh, my bungalow here. And my studio layout, I just, just to go around the corner here, around the bend here, I'll stay on the path of least resistance, but that's the whole crux that's the title on this uh, podcast it's a big title <laughs> it's good you're gonna find out how kind of cool the path of least resistance is um and, and how it's affected me in my life at this point it's sort of come to a head it's sort of come to a head but my, my thoughts are more organized um i can relate material clearer more concisely I self, I edit myself, and I try to have a little bit of a, a little bit of a cynical, but yet at the same time, um, I'm not really cynical. I, well, you know, I don't want to obfuscate here. I'm not cynical in the classic sense, but I, I tinge it with a little sense of humor. And those are those are my points that I want to make. Let's go around the room, shall we? Just did a 360. I just did a 360 in my studio layout, okay? I got Venetian blinds, which I'm looking out the window. I'm usually looking out my window on my podcast. I can, I can easily be on the other end of this couch, my Studebaker here, and I can easily... Um, we're going to do a little post a little postmortem right now uh, on our clock on Mr. Mantle. But I could easily be on the other side of the couch and looking towards the uh, studio, uh, one of the studio exit doors here. And I can easily be looking at it from that way. But no, I'm looking at it from my usual way. And that is to see my uh, windows, which I like. And, you know, the, the main feature really is prominent I guess architecturally on that wall would be the blinds and the, and the molding, the wood. And the, the proportions of my windows are pretty excellent. So I got no complaints about my studio outlook, uh, uh, overview. Uh, uh, and it looks out to a yard that's in my front yard and Hunts Avenue. And um, it is a, a maple lined street. It really is. We're, we're a maple lined street here in Darlington. And there's maples all over the place, all over the place. There's oaks, there's oaks. Don't 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 kid yourself. You're gonna always have your oaks. Uh, we got oaks in Rhode Island. We got sugar maples in Rhode Island. And I talk about, I talked about that on my last podcast, uh, leaving Rhode Island and Connecticut. Uh, I hope you heard that one. You know, I thought that was a pretty good one. I generally feel good about my podcasts. Okay, I, I generally feel good about them. If you want, if you want a um, sort of a, an update um, 
to how my uh, my attitudes towards my own um, outreach program, I guess you could call it. I guess you could call it that. So the foliage, we talked about that. And right now the foliage in the front yard of the studio, getting back onto my studio rotation seminar is, um, and, and you know, I hope you guys stick with me on my, my descriptions. Because I think, I think describing things is really kind of fun. My meme, God rest her soul, my, my beloved meme, Lucia, uh, would always spin yarns, um, and they were colorful yarns, okay? And uh, she would spin them really well, and, and, and I really, we really just enjoyed her company, and I know she enjoyed our company, and that may have been the most important thing. For the challenges that, that befell this woman in her life. She had some ups and downs, but, you know, she had ups later on in life, you know? And, you know, I, let's just hope the arc goes up for all of us, you know? That, that, that curve is always, should be always gradually getting better every day. Your attitudes should be maturing. You should be formulating things. You should be, uh, you know, she, you should just be taking it easy. Uh, in a sense, really just kicking back. I mean, not kicking back, but you should, I, I think there should be a, um, a back porch analysis, but yet uh, not being overcritical, striking a balance, striking a balance in your, in your um, assessment, assessment, and, and, um, and how, how that assessment mellows over time. It really does. It really, really does. I, I, I don't, I'm trying to really explain this whole concept, but it's mellow and wisdom through development. And wisdom is so critical. Wisdom is really critical because wisdom is perspective, right? And wisdom is order. Wisdom is simplicity. When you have wisdom, you can, um, you can draw upon it at, at a moment's notice. And it, what might be more important is you share it. You share it with the people you love, the people that you don't love. I mean, your wisdom should be, a, you should reflect your wisdom and your wisdom should reflect you. Doesn't everyone want to get a little something extra from their purchase? I know I do. I'm Buckles Brannigan, star of Buckle Brannigan Sagas on Talk Me Smart and Other Stories. And I want to just let you know of a great deal going on right now. When you purchase Buckles Brannigan Saddle Soap product, any product in the line, or Brannigan X cigars, any cigar in the line, you will receive a Buckles Brannigan coloring book. This is an eight and a half, eleven format coloring book with illustrations that are just different. They're abstract. One's Buckles Brannigan on the South Fork Trail. Another one entitled. Buckles Brannigan at Pearson Canyon. 
There's also a page, Buckles Brannigan at the Saloon. Buckles Brannigan, Hotel Maven. Buckles Brannigan on the construction site. And many, many more. My very favorite, my very favorite is Buckles Brannigan on the cattle drive. It shows the mountains in the background, beautiful. The great Texas landscape. Grayson, the cattle drive with some of the cattle showing in the background. And there's a hint of a, a mission house in the, way in the distance for composition and balance. But the main figure in the front, glory, in all his glory, is me, yours truly, Buckles Brainigan. With a different expression on every page. I don't know how the artists do it, but they do it. And you can color it in, stay in the lines now. But I like these kind of abstract Picasso cubist look to them, but in a stained glass way and manageable, easy, fun, simple, elegant, all enrolled in one. You're going to enjoy the coloring book. It comes with any purchase you make on a Buckles Brannigan cigar, Brannigan X now, yeah, or or any of the Buckles Brannigan saddle soaps. That's it. That's going to include the saddle soap itself, the shoot 'em up protectant, the shoot 'em up conditioner, the cream conditioner. Yep, the cream conditioner. You're going to really, really like that one. That's a winner. So you buy any of those products and more in our lines. Expect that coloring book coming to, coming your way. You're going to get it with your purchase. You're going to do it. You can go to us online, BrannigganX.com. Yep, you can do that. And the X brand is our quality cigar line. But you also have links to the saddle soap line. Saddle Soap line is our original line of product introductions into the, the world, into the market, and we were, we were players, we're really happy, but I really like this special, just coming right back to it, and that's really what you really want, that little something extra that you just didn't expect. You won't get it if you buy any other kind of cigar, you're not going to get a coloring book like we give. And it's a beautiful book. The glossy colored cover showing one of the illustrations halfway colored, leaving the other outline left for the imagination. And it's one of the ones inside, so you know that you can do a little different. You can play it off a little different on your version, you see. There's no drawing that's drawn in at all on the rest of the book. It's all great. It's all empty. It's just really kind of like easy outlines. It's just the right thickness of line. It's not too thick. It's not too thin. It keeps you in the line really good. It keeps you a good student. A good student. And I'm proud of everything we do at Buckles Brannigan Companies, whether it's the cigars or the saddle soap. Now the coloring book, that's going to be its own hit. Yep, that's going to be its own hit. We may just do more of these. 
We may just do mornings. Who comes up with the ideas? It was one of the questions from Melvin Trucks, Make Georgia. He asked, how, how we do it? What do we do? What's our secret of success? And I tell him, we start, start slow and easy like molasses, like molasses on a, on a cool winter day outside of a South Fork. Sodbusters Ranch. Yeah. Yeah, we start off really slow and easy, and we come in with the final punch by introducing certain punctuated products in our punctual line. And you'd be punctual by going to these stores, yeah. You check out these stores and locations that have them near you by going on BrainagainX.com. That's going to bring you also to the Brainy. Buckles Brannigan Saddle Soap Line automatically. You won't you won't regret. You won't regret one second of your time invested at your computer. You may want to go listen to another Buckles Brannigan broadcast here, which way you're welcome. Constance Daniels of Worcester, Massachusetts asks, When are you going to be introducing a new line? Anything, anything. She says that with double exclamation points at the end of her little message there sent over to us by the magical internet. I can tell you right now, going to be coming out with something, but I can't tell you what it is. I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry, Constance. I know you really wanted to know, but I can't really tell you. I can tell you we're coming out with another ring size in our Brannigan X line. We're doing it slow in dribs and drabs. Yep, in dribs and drabs. And it, what it is, is it's the new Corona. You're going to love that cigar. And uh, you're going to enjoy it. Brannigan X cigars. And, uh, but we're not going to tell you of another surprise outside of that line. Those two lines, those two great lines we have. Cigars and saddle soap. Not going to get into it right now. But we're going to be introducing something real, real soon. So thank you, Constance, for that. Hank Williams. What a great name, Hank Williams from Los Angeles, California. Says he loves my saddle soap, but he's not sure if he wants to get the cream. And he's not sure if it's going to make any real difference with the leather. Well, I'll tell you, the cream is an instant kind of gratification. You don't need the elbow grease that you might need with the saddle soap, although ours is minimal elbow grease. It goes in so well, rubs on so beautifully. It's going to be like a work of art. You're going to be amazed at just the fun it is just to saddle the soap, soap your saddle, whatever you want to do. Your bag, your handbag, your your wallet, your wallet. You know, you got a dried out wallet there in your pocket. It's scraping up against your pocket there in the back. You know, maybe you got one of those in the coat kind of wallets with the chain a little more surface area then take out the saddle soap or the cream but the 
cream is just meant for ease, ease and also penetration factors there with the emollients that we use. We don't use any harsh additives of any kind. Our products are all natural. And uh, so thanks for that. Thanks for that, Hank. We appreciate. We got time for one more, Mark. Mark's telling us we got one more, one more in. And this is this one comes from Harvey Helpin. Harvey Helpin. He almost has the same name as you. Mark Halpern. But Harvey, Harvey's asking. He loves Brannigan X cigars. He's not sure if we're going to come out with another variety, such as another wrapper or or another filler. That's according according to Harvey. I got to tell you, Harvey, uh, you have got it right. Uh, one thing is for sure is we're going to be uh, introducing something soon in the cigar line. It's a new I can't tell you anymore. Uh, I don't want to lead you on, but we do, we do have another filler. Yep, another filler. It's a Honduran Select, so we're going to be doing a, a Brandon X Select line a cigar, just with our Churchill. Our Churchill's going to have a Select, and you're going to see that in stores coming up. We're trying interesting things. We like to try to mix things up. So Harvey, I thank you for that. And this is this is about it. I'm going to just sign off right now to tell you to stay tuned for those specials that we talked about with all our friends, Constance, Hank, and uh, and Harvey. There, they're all great people sending in their questions, and we're glad to answer. We're going to answer more down the line. We're going to answer more down the line. So enjoy the smokes, and enjoy the the great great. Saddle Soap Line. The room continues with the shelf on the on that same on this same um, <laughs> on this same wall, which is the again we're back at the we're back at that northwest wall, folks, and that's the shelf with the with the. Bric-a-brac, or knickknacks, as we were grown, we grew up with that term more prevalent. Well, it might be a Rhode Island thing. Let's look it up. We also don't say chotskis. I don't, I don't hear a lot of Rhode Islanders saying chotsky or people I know. Let's, let's make the analysis of those cultural words, maybe on a show, the differences in Rhode Island's way of interpreting things. Shopping cart is carriage in Rhode Island. Uh, at least in our circles, real real cool phenomenon coming in and making interplay. We did that on a previous podcast. We we broke apart interplay, the word interplay. So the interplay on this wall is a uh, brown shelf that my dad just handcrafted beautifully. I'm just going to say that it's just just a good generous run. About a 10-foot run of shelf in the studio here, right in the studio over my Studebaker. And we got the Chotsky, and about a, t- a third of those Chotsky are from gifts that were just elegantly given by impeccably taste uh, people, as uh, in our whole family, but particularly, particularly in 
uh, in the taste of my uh, Uncle John and Aunt Jackie. They, they picked out gifts that were just so, uh, I can't even explain it, perfect for Christmas. And it was a tradition that my Uncle John and my Aunt Jackie did. And it, it was tasteful gifts that were uh, of a more premium variety. Okay. Um, uh, this, this stuff was all, all, all top draw, beautiful, beautiful, um, uh, uh, knickknacks of, of the goblet. There's a, there's a goblet. There's a, there's a vase. There's a beautiful vase. There's a, um, oh, there's just a number of things, the number. And there was one cruet type little dish with a removable Peter Max kind of swirl design. And, uh, it was a repeated fashion. And it was from the early 70s, I believe, vintage. And it uh, looked like the, a genie bottle. Uh, not a genie bottle, but a sort of a, uh, had a pirouette type of profile. Uh, very elegant. And that piece is lost. Um, and I would want to find a reference of it uh, somehow on Google. It doesn't have, we don't have the algorithms in place to help you out with that one. If you don't have a reference point, I have no reference point for that object dot. And these were a little object dot um, and brought into a middle class um, uh, working. Well, my dad was a hard worker, working class in the sense he was a church organist, choir director, music teacher. And, uh, and I think church organist probably came first spiritually, obviously, but um, maybe practically, uh, but not really in the practical sense. I guess it was the uh, piano students, but I guess they had equal, equal shelving there. My dad would have an e egalitarian attitude towards, towards his work approach, I would imagine. Um, he put equal emphasis on everything. And I think uh, growing up in life, you need to kind of do that. So uh, my Aunt Irene's painting is over the Studebaker between the shelf, and, um, and the Studebaker is my Aunt Irene's paintings along with some other illustrated frames. Um, below the, uh, uh, below the, um, below the frames, framed of art is a, uh, one of the frames of the arts, at least, is my corner light towards the corner, a light on a, on a drum table and books, um, uh, books sta stacked neatly up, just a few decorative books, more decorative, uh, 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 and they are there just um, to add some context. And, of course, the main main thrust of that table is a, a beautiful portrait, graces it, of my dad and mom on their wedding night, the famous picture by by the front of the house, the tenement they were, where they were staying on Capitol Street and getting ready to leave for the honeymoon, and the rain is pelting down. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a black-and-white photo. It is glorious, and it's, it's there on my table. And I, how long it'll be on my table, I don't know. I don't think about it. I just, it's there. It's going to be there, you know? And uh, so that's the drum table in the corner. And then to the right of that, of course, you should know by now where, where we're talking is the Studebaker, of course. And then we go into the porch door on the same wall. Now the porch door opens up to porch work that I did. Uh, and there's a screen that's gashed open by, by the cane. Uh, he, he got out one day, and I vowed not to open that porch until that screen is repaired. 
and it is going to get repaired, uh, not in an imminent fashion. This, the porch is closed off. He, every so often he goes up to the door to want to go out. And I, sorry, Kane, you know, it's going to have to be, it's going to have to be another day. But as we work around the room, um, I come around to my uh, doorway to my bedroom out of the studio, okay? Uh, my sleep is part of my shtick and my bedroom's there. And, and it's almost a research experiment with me. I'm, I'm a walking research experiment. And, um, you know, that's the whole, that's the whole thing there. And, um, and then, you know, on that wall are more illustrations and Mr. Mantle, which brings me to the postmortem. Mr. Mantle has stopped ticking. At least for the at least for the time being, he's a uh, he's my clock. He's he gives me the fifteen minute cue uh, when I need it, and he used to. But we're gonna just we're gonna not we're not gonna go there with him. No, he's doing good. He's okay. He's he's gonna get wound up. He's gonna get wound up. He knows that he's gonna get wound up, and he'll be in more glory. But he's when he's but not when he's not working. He really is working. He's almost like Mr. Mr. Clock, the clock on, on Captain Kangaroo, okay? Uh, and uh, so he, he's, he's not sick either. He's not sick, guys. He's, don't worry about him. He's, he's in a state of suspended animation. He's sort of like Mark Goddard on Lost in Space when he's in that glass tube and frozen and the ship is careening towards a, uh, a planet uh, in Alpha Centauri somewhere. And they are ready to crash, and uh, you know he is—he is gonna gonna have to save the ship. He's gonna be uh, brought out Hollywood style by Zachary Smith, uh, who's gonna have to release him at the last second, and he's gonna try to get that ship from crashing. And of course, the show uh, has to continue, so that ship is gonna uh, land okay. Um, but uh, so that's my friend Mark Goddard. Uh, but the clock, Mr. Mantle, um, just just keep keep sit tight. We're gonna get you wound up, and uh, but we're gonna keep you on silent right now. He's gonna be on silent mode, um, Mr. Mechanical Mantle. Mr. Mechanical Mantle is his middle name. His his, his original first name was Mechanical Mantle, but they changed it to Mantle Mechanical, just for fun. And he said no. And he made a decision at the 12 o'clock he rang. On the, he, when he rang on his 12, he said, when I rang on my 12, when my two hands line up, up in the air uh, and towards the heavens, then you're going to know that uh, I've decided, well, you know, we made the decision. We ended up having to make the decision because um, I can't talk about Mr. Mantle forever. Um, but we made a decision to just kind of like put him on hiatus, he's going to be wound, and he's going to just, he's not in any kind of, he's not on probation, he's, this is not a, he's not uh, incarcerated, he's not, uh, you know, behind bars or anything like that. Uh, he is, he's still going to be, he's actually in our hearts. Mr. Mantle's in our hearts. You know, so we're going to, and he's going to, when he comes back, uh, when he comes back, he will, um, he will, uh, be still uh, vigilantly giving us uh, in an organic fashion, folks. Remember, it's organic and analog, in an analog, non-linear, 
uh, well, linear, of course, but non, non-digital. Uh, he's outside of the paradigm, and he's going to give us those 15-minute cues, and they're subtle cues. And, you know, they're not the most accurate. They're not accurate in the sense because uh, we don't start and synchronize together. We don't really hack our watches, so to speak. Uh, but we, um, we, uh, we, we work with each other. And, and I'll tell you, he's going to probably just enjoy kicking back, not have to keep on guard. Not, you, you know, it's, this is a vacation for him, really, uh, guys. And the illustrations on the wall are still there as I go around the room. And uh, this is taking way too long, guys. You know, I'm, I don't know what to tell you, uh, but it is taking a while. But, you know, my tangency factor... It's probably at about 30%, and I'd like to get it down lower than that. That's based on certain factors and just the way it's organically, organically uh, based on occupation to time and, and ratio. And uh, so they, they, I, my focus is better, and um, I don't have to backtrack on my, uh, into my uh, original uh, transcripts. Or, or actually go into the audio is what I essentially do with Mark in the, in behind the glass. He helps me out now. Um, it's a little partial glass that comes up. He can still, it just blocks his, basically it's, it's a glorified paper stopper off the edger. He's agreeing with that wholeheartedly. He keeps a pretty neat area though. I got to say, Mark, you keep a pretty neat area. You keep a pretty neat working environment for yourself. And uh, I'm neat too. I'm actually neat too. So I, I understand. So I see, but I see neat. I know neat. Um, I guess to the unneat, it would be a real contrast. Uh, but um, so Mark is really good like that. So uh, and he's signaling me to just finish up. And so, as we turn the wall there, we have the interior wall with the archway coming into the, to the studio. And uh, I've got uh, side walls there uh, separated. They're about four feet wide each on, coming in on each side there. And so, um, and I've got framed artwork. I've got framed artwork. One's a black ship poster I did in 1986 where I worked for Duffy and Shanley in Providence as, at an ad agency. I was the art director there. And we produced the poster. It's it, I like it. I found it in my closet storage it, one day, and um, I was rummaging through, just just checking out everything, just, just seeing through. And um, I I uh, I came upon it, and I knew it was in there all along with other posters that I had done during my my uh, career career days in active ad, advertising career days uh, in in the in the um, journeyman sense. And so, um, basically, I've got that on the right side, and the left side is my oval mirror with a gold frame, uh, mirror, mirror on the wall. You know, I like it. It's a nice mirror. So, uh, and then we come back now to that original wall with the windows that I'm looking out continually here. And, um, and uh, my middle window has got a good proportion to it, but I tend to look out my side window more because the sky's a little brighter. I guess that's the optimist in me. My middle window, basically, I can see the main trunk, you know, one-fifth of that window is going up uh, in a way, 
is the is the bark of my my maple, uh, my maple on the front of the house, my Norway maple, and then the left window I can see the portico edge of the of the house. So that's the studio. But I also have a flat screen TV. I've got my stereo console that plays my Grateful Dead and Jerry. Um, and I play, um, I play it on, uh, ADS speakers, vintage, and I drive them with, uh, near, well, actually real, uh, actually true vintage too, from the seventies and eighties. I drive those tweeters as a separate unit atop those. So it's basically configured in a tower, uh, speaker setup. And, um, that drives the day. Those speakers drive the day. They pack a wall up. The bass is, is good, full body. I have a full body bass. And, and also, you know, when you think about it, uh, the rest of my stereo system is fairly robust, I must say. And um, the speakers and the tweeters and the tweeters and the weeders, you know what I'm saying? And so, uh, you know, and uh, I like my TV. I like my flat-screen TV, and I got an analog tape deck. I've got an analog tape deck. Okay, let me just tell you a little bit about that little guy, the, the Akai 40, the Akai 4000D model. Look that one up. I've got a, an early prototype of it. It doesn't, I've, there's not a lot of pictures come up of my exact configuration on this puppy. It's a it's a it's a heavy unit for its size, you know. And you you can play it down as a deck. You can put it up as a uh, as an upright uh, tape deck, um, you know that kind of configuration. But it's heavy. It's got some weight to it, and uh, you know it's got the audio lines going out, and those are connected and intercepting. I had to take uh, the the uh, RCA connectors off of one component in order to plug this in for the time being but i'll have that other one back online at some juncture um the auxiliary input and so uh i'm looking out the window the day is breaking out evenly it's coming up at nice nice and easy light my dining room light which i can see out out the archway beyond is uh is uh has shut off been shut off to differentiate uh to uh, so there's a uh, uh i want the daylight i want the day to come in i want the day to come in and uh welcoming the day but i did like night night was kind of cool and early morning when i get up my usual time i get up at around 5 a.m uh it was cool uh, just, it was, uh, this is just nice quietness, quietude. I like quiet in the house, generally quiet in my studio. I definitely try quiet in the studio. Um, we don't have a lot of, uh, commotion going on. It's, uh, it's a, um, uh, you know, I guess it's a mellow presentation. I guess it's a mellow presentation. I don't get too out of control, do I? I don't, I don't rant too much. I'm inquisitive, and I, you know, I might show some outlying enthusiasm, but that's totally different dynamics, isn't it? Um, I want to talk about the path of least resistance, and I didn't want to do this as a teaser. 
But path of least resistance is, of course, our main subject, our main subject we tackle. I wish Buckles was here today to help us out. I always like his perspective. I hope you do, too, if you've ever heard of him. Buckles Brannigan, Western star of our sagas. Buckles Brannigan, Rides Again. Buckles Brannigan, Misadventures. The whole kit and caboodle. And, uh, but we don't, and the path of least resistance would be apropos for his trails he's been on, many of the trails, you know. But I've been on my own paths, too. And this is a metaf metaphysical, metaphorical path, the path of least resistance. And um, it's, a, it's a haughty subject. And I'll tell you why right now. Because I incorporate it in my life. Okay, and I understand, you know, am I the McDonald's, am I the McDonald's customer that um, takes forever to order, to place an order? There's nothing worse, worse than that. Okay, so I would say that I am not that. <laughs> I am not that. Okay, in fact, I often think that I don't have enough interaction with some of these cashiers because I'm so fast at ordering compared to it's a contrast to the other people in line. Think about it. Are you like that? I know there's people like me. I know there's people like me. But I take, I do not waste any time with transactions or placing orders. I get right to the point. And I bet you do too. I bet a lot of, I bet most of my audience I, I'm going to say, I'm going to guarantee it, uh, our, uh, I got to pause there, though. I got to actually pause there, because I'm thinking about it. The more I think about it, you know, this show, you know, the thing about this show is um, it's so live, it's so extemporaneous that the flow of ideas and the, uh, the, the, uh, the, uh, well, I forget the expression now. The the flow is is free form, and it's gonna just. I'm just gonna change subjects willy nilly, and I'm gonna go off my tangents, and that's just the way it is. But tangents aside, <laughs> I say that a lot. But tangents aside, but tangents aside, I uh, I come to back to the path. So what's what's the path for you? What is your path of least resistance? How do you navigate through life? What kind of energy, how discriminating are you going to be with your energies? How are you going to even factor in your, uh, your bodily back, your bodily biofeedback aspect? And... Um, how do you live? It's the it's the whole it's the whole ordering taking too long for your to place your order at McDonald's. Are you one of those? Or are you one of the are you one of the I think it's a perfect analogy. I think it's a pretty damn good analogy. Mark, what do you think? Mark left the booth just for a second. He's over in the corner. 
Um, but that's okay, Mark. You can stay right there. We're all here in Pawtucket, Rhode Island, at the studio. I gave you the full 360. Did I take the path of least resistance on that journey? Yeah, I kind of did. I kind of did. I kind of did through my overall focus and trying to get get through that room. It's pretty good for me. That is a good synopsis of my psyche going around my room, my, my, my living room. It's actually pretty cool. It's one of those kind of cool, concise kind of things, you know? You know, what color in a room determines behavior. Same kind of factor, I think. I might be totally off base. Let me know if I'm off base. Anytime I'm going down around the bases and I'm off of bases, let me know. Uh, drop me the old proverbial line. But the proverbial path of least resistance, the proverbial path of least, that's how I opened the show with the word proverbial. I think it's a really proverbish, proverbish kind of thing going on there. So, uh, path, what's your, what's your take? Well, how do you exist? How do you flow? Can I get any more organic than that? Can I... Can I distill it anymore? Let me know. Let me know. Smart people out there. So the path, the patharella <laughs> is, um, I think it manifests itself through total relaxation. Um, I don't want any apprehension in life. I hate apprehension. That's the worst, worst feeling you can have. Uh, so I don't want that. I don't want that in the least. And um, I want to um, not be the McDonald's customer taking too long to place their order. Uh, I want to be that one that just says, you know, I exactly what I want, what I want, I want what I want, you know. Um, and uh, it goes with Kentucky Fried Chicken, Burger King. That goes with life. That goes with the counter coming up to the counter of life. You know, there's a whole, it's a long cafeteria there. And can I use, can I use the cafeteria as a, as a, as a, it's a tough one. Cafeteria is pretty linear. You know, you're going to skip over your, you're going to skip over your, your, these options that you have, you know. Maybe there is a connection there. Maybe, maybe there's, you know, again, this is a free-form show, so I, I kind of play it off the cuff. And that's part of my path of least resistance strategy with talking some art and other stories. I um, make my coffee. I, I shut the light off as I enter the room. I bring it back on in the kitchen. I, um, I fill a glass. I empty the glass of water, but I leave the hot water going. I don't shut the hot, shut the faucet off, I let it go because I, I know that's the path of least resistance is just to continue on. To see, just may as well clean a hot rinse off all those uh, forks and, and plates really well, do a really thorough job, making sure you're really staying cool but being efficient with the water. Maybe that's a, maybe that's a good analogy, being efficient with the water. You don't want to waste energies. I don't want to waste any energy, you know. I don't want to go down the wrong path and have to turn back. 
I don't want to have to do things 5,000 fucking times. I don't want to do that. No way. And so um, I, I conserve energy. Like, like an animal conserves energy. And um, do we find ourselves sometimes doing double work for, you know, spinning our wheels? Yes, that happens. But, you know, if you try to minimize it, and there's the challenge of life. There's a the dynamic. There's maybe the fun aspect because you can you can whittle it down and you can hone it in. You know, and it's frustrating. It can be frustrating. Sure, it's going to be frustrating. But part of the path of least resistance is making the path open and opening up all these pathways in your mind and your your way you think, the way you think. And just modus modus operandi from. Just to go back to a previous title, not take the path resistance, go right to that previous title, focus right in. And, um, and I, I might not even be a proponent. I might not be a, a, a viable proponent of it because I am, I'm not scatterbrained. I'm not scatterbrained, but I do go off on my tangents. And that's part of the whole theme is uh, talking some art, other stories. I, I, I'm, I, I'm, probably, I'm probably somewhere on the autism spe- spectrum, very... You know, I, I I don't know. It's very subtle, and I think is it is it in a lot of our populace? This is a question we ask. This is a question that we ask ourselves: uh, How normal? What's what's what is normal? What is normal? You know, who is normal out there? Or who's a normal person out there? I I don't know. I don't know. It's is it subjective? Yeah, it has to be. It's definitely subjective, you know, and uh, it's that's the enigma of existence and the enigma of life and the enigma of the mind. Groovy, groovy. Yeah, I like that word. Don't you? Groovy. When did that come on the scene? So I'm, I did the 360 of the room. Um, yep. And um, you know, you should have surmised. You should. You should have uh, like done a little 3D picture in your mind of uh, how that room set up. Uh, I didn't give any colors and textures really. Uh, I might have described wood here and there, and I did describe the art frames. But I didn't do them individually, so you have to kind of like genericize that in your little model, in your little three-dimensional isometric uh, 3D view that spins around, showing all the sides like it would uh, on on any kind of um, instructional uh, diagram, diagrammatical, and it kind of goes, it does a whole a whole spin for you to show you all the sides. You know, you know, picture that in your mind. The walls rising up. You know, the the cutaway view from looking through the roof of the house and you see the rooms divided yep they're all like neatly neatly assigned and uh, that's your little model that's your little model you work with so you should have surmised that the room's about 15 by 15 feet my studio I didn't get in wall colors you know you'd have to leave everything kind of white you know uh, unless you had some specific description on an object then it would look sort of like one of those um 
half half line art, half color filled illustrations is kind of can be pretty dynamic element actually. A device, it's a device that's used. Uh, it's adopted, you know. It's adopted. We adopt things in the United States. We adopt things like uh, like little lost children. We adopt technologies. We adopt. Uh, we make them work for us in the paradigm. I think in in, in a real sense. Um, uh, could we be more technologically advanced? I suppose so. I, I suppose so. If we had gotten an earlier head start, or you know. Um, it seems to me we would have gotten some of the technology from alien beings if they did happen to land on the planet. We would have adopted, uh, you know, so much for Pythagorean theory, or uh, so much for uh, any great mathematician. Uh, these would have been the uh, star map mathematicians, don't you think? So my 3D little model that you got in your mind, if it hasn't burst out of your imagination by now. Um, since we did get a little off track, I want to stay really on target with this uh, segment in particular. Um, the room goes around. You see it. You see the rooms divided. And picture in the corner the studio, and the studio has a wind, the three windows, and I described every wall. So close that whole enclosure in like a little box, and look at it. And, and you know, manipulate it in your mind how you picture it, and it's about 15 by 15 room. So what's that? 300 square feet. Um, 15 by 15. That wouldn't be that. More like 175, 150. Um, uh, no, it would be more than that. It'd be uh, it'd be uh, uh, 200 square feet. Be 200 square feet is what it would be. So, um, if my math is correct, if it's if I'm not using the new math, you know, or maybe I am using the new math. We never knew if new math was good math or not good math, huh? Isn't that one of the mysteries of life? You know, new math. That was a big, big deal in the '60s and '70s. Yeah, it was a whole way of uh, adding numbers up. I guess we did the new math at St. Cecilia's Parochial School in Pawtucket, Rhode Island, Darlington section. I guess the nuns were being cutting edge. You know, it was Vatican II. Um, my exploits at Saint Cecilia's Parochial School, elementary, uh, grades one through eight. That's how it laid out. And then nine, ten, and eleven, uh, and nine, ten, eleven, and twelve actually were uh, were your high school years. And those were mine. Were spent at St. Raphael, nine through twelve. And but but one through eight is probably the seminal, the seminal uh, touchstone. Uh, and 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 it's a it's a it's a school that is um, had a lot of really. Uh, they had serv servants of the Lord. And in service of the Lord, and yet it was a cool situation. It wasn't—they didn't throw their religion down on you, really. I mean, I—I I don't know if we were really strictly indoctrinated. I suppose we were. I, I would imagine Pierre would probably be saying, "Yes, guy, we were indoctrinated." But you know, we were indoctrinated for the right reasons. There's an indoctrination, and then there's indoctrination, right? Um, 
and and maybe that's not the right word to describe it. Um, we were not taken in. Uh, we were inherited. We were inherited the religion. We came down as a very strong tradition. The mind, the mindset of uh, you know, if it's if it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander. Mentality, of course, play is a dynamic. Uh, loyalty. Um, the fact that the churches are right in your backyard, that they're looming over uh, the littlest house. Um, and, you know, I see St. Cecilia is looming over the neighborhood. I see St. John the Baptist looming over the neighborhood, and especially at, at 240 Harrison, where it was basically in our backyard. And the bell tower had a low rumble to it. And we told stories of bats in the belfry up there, a very tall structure, two, over 200 feet tall. Um, Claude would verify that. I think he told me it's 202, I'm going to say. I could be wrong. It could be 210. Uh, it could be even higher, but I don't think it's any higher than 210. It's between 200 and 210. I think Claude's going to probably say, Guy, I think you're right on about that. Um, and so that's the influence of these great edifices and you know even in St. Cecilia's being further away our house you can still see it I can still see it from my backyard uh, uh, in the winter especially because the trees aren't blocking that's quite a that's quite a feat St. Cecilia is, is nowhere near as tall I think it's only um, I think Claude told me 146 on the height on that bell tower and it's a bell tower in the Romanesque sense it's a dome bell tower it's had its share of lightning hits until they put an active lightning light, lightning abatement system in uh, a couple of decades ago and I suppose it's paid off for the structure um, I would imagine um, I think they did a cell tower conversion uh, I'm gonna say maybe 10 years ago they enhanced it about maybe three years ago if that's a good correct timeline um, and uh, two years ago, three years ago, I'd say, I'd say safely that. And uh, they had to actually change the grates on each side on the north and south sides of the bell tower to, um, to, to receive better cell transmission, I suppose. Although, no, that's right. I forget. I realize now that those grates were put back. Uh, those are put back. So, um, and I'm, I'm, almost positive as a cell tower in, in that bell tower and I might be even mistaken about that but I'm pretty sure um, my reliability factor on that would be 80% I might even give it 85% uh, so that's the story and going around my room you know with the with the mental map you see you see that the the rooms are divided as, as such they're allocated I put this room at 200. I put the dining room at 175. I put the um, and I put the sitting room or the office now. What's now my office at like 125 or 150. And so for this this half of the house about 500 square feet on the floor plan, and then the other half contained the kitchen bathroom. I guess that one works pretty hard too. The dining room, part of the dining room, of course, dining room intersects. Um, part of the part, just a small part of the living room. No, no, not the living room. Not the living room. Because the dining room goes a little further, uh, runs a little further, runs into the into the home. 
and uh, so that's the layout there. But then, and then, and then the other, and then it would contain the bedroom, of course, and that would total the hallway, uh, the stairwell. If you're including that in square footage, uh, you would come up with about another 500, maybe less, right around there. I know this floor is about between 900 and 1,000. I'm happy with that range to know what my range is. I could take out the tape measure. And I should get one of those digital um, uh, room, uh, digital uh, rulers, you know, where you can bounce your infrared across the room and get a measurement. I suppose I could do that. Um, I suppose I could get volume by that way as well to establish the ceiling height. So maybe you know that the ceiling height is eight, eight and a half feet ceilings or eight feet ceilings. So does that give you an idea? That's your typical base floor of early 20s. Uh, I'm sorry, late 20s in this case, 28. 1928, we put this date of this house being built, which is so cool. I think it's cool. I like, I love the fact that I live in a bungalow. Um, I'm not sure if it's my favorite form of house. I, I tend to like... I don't know. It's really interesting. It's interesting. I like traditional. I really do. But I think I like modern. I think I like modern architecture. I think I would really fit in well in a modern home. Like even something bordering on uh, on on I.M. Pays. No, not I.M. Pays. This was another architect that... Uh, so is totally eluding me. Uh, Mark, can you look up who that is? Um, that the glass house is. If you just type in the glass house, you'll come up with that architect. And so, uh, and I, I don't know. I should know this man. I should know. I know it's a man. Uh, Mark's getting it. Philip Johnson. Thanks, thanks, Mark. Philip Johnson. Uh, he wrote it down on the paper and transmitted it to me. But it's not that Mark doesn't want to talk. It's just that he doesn't want to talk right now. So you went around my studio. You saw my console basically is in the middle of the studio. So picture the rest of the room, okay, with the console coming down. Um, basically, uh, comes up pretty high because I have some co componentry involved. And I go around. It's a low profile. Uh, the, the unit is lower profile. Uh, it's actually the desk is slightly, just a little slightly lower. And then there's uh, the microphone uh, array for my guests. Um, but, you know, I've been doing a solo ride. Uh, it's, it's really one microphone right now, one microphone production. The studio is set up to be a little more ambitious. Uh, right now we're in flux. There's an overall arc with Talk Me Some Art and Other Stories. And that is the paucity, the paucity of guest appearances. And, uh, you know, I want to have them, but technologically, we're not there yet. We're COVID, first of all. Okay, I hope you understand all this, all the dynamics in play. From day one, I was promising you more interviews with people, family, anybody, anybody I can grab off the street. I've gone up to my neighbors to talk to them about going on a podcast. But, you know, we would wear masks. We would play it safe in the COVID environment, uh, them coming into my house. You know, it's, you know, you, you be careful. Don't let strangers in your house, first of all, without definitely wearing, without wearing a mask. That's why 
That's why your companies, your delivery companies, your car dealerships are very, very careful about entering your home. They're just not going to do it if they don't have to. There are premium charges for coming into people's homes. Service charges that add up into an incredible aggregate. Think about it. I had to pay an extra 1% on my sale price. Doesn't sound like a lot. It was a, it was a nominal fee. It wasn't even 1%. It was a nominal fee of $8, I think. If it was $10, it was a day. Okay, the company's Wayfair was for my couch. The Studebaker. And it's a sectional. It has a chaise that comes out, you know, about four feet. It's your, it's your Davenport sectional. It's a Dav- it has a clean line. Uh, I'm going to say it's a, I, I, I don't, not an architect, but it has a modern lines. It's clean lines. And that's Wayfair. That's Wayfair. So basically getting on to the subject of my couch is that it has a patina. After only five months of service, I bought that in, I bought the object in May. The couch, the sofa, the sectional from Wayfair. Um, and they seem to be overall I'm satisfied semi-satisfied it took it was a two three time delay where they kept pushing the date off of delivery and this happens in the COVID environment COVID has disrupted so many sectors of the environment it's not even it's not even funny obviously for restaurants and sports venues and, and music venues all the income that is lost on stand, we're we're on standby right now. We're in we're not in shutdown mode, but we're in standby mode, and we're in a we're in a low low operating uh, uh, low operating RPMs here. We're not we're not on full cylinders right now. We can't be. Can't we can't be? We can't uh, can't disrupt the situation right now. Uh, we we have to disrupt it. Obviously, the 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 overall problem. But we um, need to uh, keep on keel with our objectives. And the studio setup is the way it's studio setup as far as mic. The mics right now, you know, I push the other mics aside. It's gonna we're gonna implement it. We're gonna implement it uh, sooner sooner I'm hoping soon. I'm not gonna say sooner than later. That's a, that's almost a cliche, isn't it? Uh, but I would say soon. Uh, well, even I'm not sure. I don't want to. I don't want to really overpromise and underdeliver. That's the last thing I want to do. You know. Um, but it was fun going around the room. I thought, you know, and uh, it was fun uh, reimagining the house in a different perspective and the studio setup. And talking about my microphone bank right now at this point. And, uh, you know, it's hexagon sort of format. Um, but, uh, it's, um, it's, 
with a squarish top with a, with a hexagon kind of like um uh underside to the to the roundabout here in the middle to the wall towards the uh towards the interior wall here that was lulu uh maybe she's signaling me to end certain segments uh sooner than later to use use that cliche again uh, she is looking out the window, and now she's looking back, uh, licking her t- little chops. She must have just eaten. I'm um, hoping that she's satisfied with her food. Um, they eat from they eat from the same bowl. Um, yes, I am talking about my cats again, and people. I gravitated back to the cats, but they dominate. Well, they don't dominate, but they're here, and they they're they're, they're lovely animals, and. And and my man Kane is somewhere to be found. I don't know where he went. Uh, remember that's C A N E. I spell his name C A N E. C A N E like the candy cane, and or like the Deadwood Deadwood walking cane. They don't make canes. Deadwood has decided to stick on track and focus on. Um, uh, there was sort of shuttle shuttle butt. Uh, scuttlebutt, I should say, within the within the industry that uh, that the that the company was gonna was gonna launch a new cane line, but they decided not to. The closest it comes to cane would be the Crook series, the C R O O K, and it's kind of a cool name, I thought, uh, for crooks and crannies. And it actually says says it in the description, crooks, crooks and crannies. For the, something like the discernible walk or something, uh, walk of a lifetime. I don't know. Mark, Mark might want to check that. Um, but is Deadwood line that that never really happened, and this was almost rumors. It's almost an elaborate rumor. Did you ever get those? Maybe it was in, misinformation. Miss. Maybe it was fake newsery, um, or fake PR. Uh, whatever it was, um, it's essentially, uh, you know, it's basically the Deadwood walking stick is the Deadwood walking stick. But it all comes back to my Studebaker, and I want to just get back to that original premise of the fact that I got the, that it already has a patina after five months. That was the whole point. I sat down with this whole podcast, you know. That was definitely the only reason I, I actually, that gave me the motivation to actually do it. I only need little sparks like that to get the, fire up the microphone and get on and do this in, 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 in my own real time, my own, uh, my uh, live in my mind, I call it, because it's, uh, it's happening live for me. I make it sound, I make it like it's a live broadcast. Do I edit? Do I go back? Do I reference back? Yes. Yes, and yes, all three. Am I having to reference back to talk to figure out what I was, what track I was on about a minute or two or three, or even try to go back to a little bit into the arc, dig into the arc, maybe you know in the four minute, five minute mark of the of that segment because my segments average. I, I'm going to say some of my segments go up to ten or twelve minutes. I, I agree with that. Um, but some of my segments are, are about four or five minutes, typically. This one's already clocking in right now at five, right now, right exactly then. 
Um, and this is a five minute already. Um, and uh, so that's the track. And I know I'm going to be probably winding down on this one. Um, I, you know, I, I could continue to talk about other things, but you know, you got to end the show at some point. You got to end the show at some point. So um, maybe I should just end by again reiterating the cats um, and thanking you. You know, first of all, thanking you for listening and sharing. I thank my audience. I try to when I think about it. Um, I wish I, I wish I could conjure it up more. Uh, sometimes my shows end right. Some people have said my shows end a little bit uh, unended. Although they're very, I try to make a. Um, they, they, they. My shows just kind of end. I, I gotta say, I used to end them with some end titles. I don't do that so much anymore. Maybe I'll implement that later on again down the list. Maybe I'll talk about an upcoming episode on the tail end of my previous episode. Although I gotta say, I don't have. I, I must reiterate, I don't. I do these podcasts uh, with not a lot of planning. They are put together uh, pretty organically and pretty instantaneously. I gotta say, pretty in- instantaneously, because I talk extemporaneously, you know. And then and then we 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 theme it out that way. This is how we theme everything out. We work organically. I, I don't have any other I don't have any other way of explaining it. We don't have a real we have a formula we have an overall overall uh, modus operandi I talked about that in podcasting that's that's really where it comes down to uh, on the previous podcast it's entitled modus operandi and where I sort of delved in in my own way into um, how I approach podcasting. So um, thanks so much, everyone, for all of your support, my family, my friends, um, and everybody in between and, and uh, throughout. So it's awesome. It's really, it's really, really, it's really great. It's, it's inspiring. It makes me want to do a podcast each and every time. And, uh, and I appreciate it very much.